Hello and welcome to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Megan Sunday. And I'm Bo North. On this show, we are discussing Frank Herbert's Dune series, chapter by chapter. Uh, as we do every week, we are returning to our discussion of Dune with chapter seven. And it's just the two of us today, but we did want to take a moment and thank all of our listeners who have subscribed to the show, recommended it to their friends, rated and reviewed us on iTunes, yes. and followed us on Twitter and Facebook. It's been so great. Yes, thank you, everyone. Thank you uh, for all the people that are posting Dune memes to our timeline and to our <laughs> Facebook page. We love, love, love it. Yes. We've I've loved seeing some of your casting choices on our Twitter feed. Like it's really exciting. Um, and I will have a favorite. I'll pick a favorite by the end of this episode. It's always a tough choice. It is, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, with all that said, let us get into Chapter 7, because there's a lot going on in this one. Yes. This is a long one, for it once. Is, <laughs> it is. It's, it's a very meaty, meaty chapter. We're, we're definitely not doing quite as much setup as we were. We're kind of now getting into the meat of the story. And another female character yes <laughs> at last yeah finally I, it has been jessica and, and paul and then just like a parade of dudes i mean we yeah. did have the reverend mother but i mean she was in and out in a flash mm -hmm. yeah so finally uh so this yeah this chapter uh they are finally on arrakis mm-hmm and we get to have some interaction with Jessica as she meets the housekeeper for their yes. new home in Arrakis. Oh, before we start, should we read um, Irulan's analysis, The Arakeen Crisis? Yes. Yes, we should. Uh, at the beginning of the chapter. I'll, I'll take this one. With the Lady Jessica and Arrakis, the Bene Gesserit system of sowing implant legends through the Mishianara Pro Protectiva came to its full fruition. The wisdom of seeding the known universe with a prophecy pattern for the protection of Bene Gesserit personnel has long been appreciated, but never have we seen a condition ut extremis with more ideal mating of a person and preparation. The prophetic legends had taken on Arrakis even to the extent of adopted labels, including Reverend Mother, Canto, Respondu, and most of the Okay, Sharia Panoplia Propheticus. And it is generally accepted now that the Lady Jessica's latent abilities were grossly un underestimated. Oh, mercy, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a, a meaty one, jeez. Yes, and lots of uh, Latin thrown in there. To <laughs> mess with me, I, I was just barged ahead and didn't look, didn't look to see what was all involved in reading this out loud. Oh, Guys, I, I apologize for all my terrible <laughs> pronunciations. <laughs> well, you know, she wrote all this. She wasn't reading it aloud. Sure, sure. You it's know. meant to be read, not heard. <laughs> so they're finally, we're finally on Arrakis. Finally. We're there. Uh, it, they're moving in. Yes, Je Jessica is overseeing the move. Because Lord knows that woman has not had enough to do at this point. I know. She is doing everything. Can I just mm -hmm. say that she does everything? Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm going to jump ahead just slightly because when I was making some notes, I noticed later, like she, you know, later on tells someone like, also I'm like the Duke's business secretary. And <laughs> I, yeah. She's unpacking everything. She's running the household. Like, geez. She's dealing with her son possibly being a messiah. Right. There's so Meeting much. Meeting new servants. There's a lot going on. <laughs> I like that there's still twine. Twine in the future. We're still packing yes. things with boxes and things are like wrapped up in paper and twine. And I love this. Yeah. You plant, you travel between planets and you still have to move all of your shit like you were just moving in a U-Haul. Yes. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, the, the house is apparently very, very old fashioned, mm. which, um, I, I still enjoy that again, like 10,000 years in the future, we still have like big roof beams and formal dining mm. rooms and yeah. things like that. <laughs> um, 
I guess as as it had been I think noted earlier, this is the sort of traditional capital of Arrakis, mm-hmm. but it's not where the Harkonnens were. Yeah, it's they, a smaller, I think a smaller, more remote city that they yeah. could, the they chose this one because they could defend it more easily. Yeah. And the the Harkonnens lived in a place called Carthag. Because I mean, they would. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds like them. Um so we our our big focal points are two particular pieces of decoration mm-hmm. that Jessica has just unpacked, which are a a portrait of Duke Leto's father, who I believe was also named Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh and the head of the bull that gored him to death. Yeah. Yeah. With the blood still on the <laughs> horn. Because they sprayed it with like a fixative as soon as he yeah. was killed to, to make sure that the blood stayed on it. Uh, which is great because there is a moment later where the character she meets in this this chapter, the, the shout out Mapes, who is mm-hmm. the housekeeper. She is a Fremen. Uh, our first Fremen. Our first Fremen kind of like pokes the horn and is like, oh, it's dirty. Should I clean it up? And she's like, yeah, it's not dirt. It's blood. <laughs> Shout out <laughs> Mapes is like, okay. What is going on on your freaky deaky water planet? Like, wow, you guys do some stuff, I guess. Wow. All yeah. right. Uh, but before we meet the Shout out Mapes, she has some interaction with Duke Leto, mm-hmm. uh, who comes in and wants insists in fact that the head and the portrait have to be displayed opposite each other in the formal dining room even though she's like but we could just not yeah she's like i just where put people it are trying here. to eat <laughs> i get the feeling too that she has an equal amount of disdain for each one she seems to have there seems to be like no love lost between jessica and the old duke when mm-hmm. she remembers him, it is not fondly. Uh, one thing that I do find interesting, and I think that that plays into her feelings towards the old Duke, uh, there is a moment when Leto, we get Leto's point of view, and he's looking at Jessica and thinking about how she's beautiful. and uh, He thinks that, you know, she was described to him as skinny mm-hmm. by his buyers. Oh. Uh, the people who went to get her from the Bene Gesserit school. And it's like, oh, <laughs> there's a word. Yeah. Um, Buyers. And I get that that's, you know, probably, you know, it's a very, it's a very traditional thing. I think, you know, there's a lot of that kind of language in, you know, I think there's, you know, some language kind of like that. I might be getting this totally wrong, but I think in like Memoirs of a Geisha, mm-hmm. I think there's wording like that as well. Uh, but, oh. It is you know, a- also kind of a thematically appropriate to have mm-hmm. that in, in the same like happen this memory happening while she's standing next to a cow or a bull as it were what a thing to think of while you're looking at this woman that you love yeah <laughs> like not oh she was described to me as skinny or you know what they were because he's thinking that they were wrong that she's you know she's slender and she's beautiful um but uh, but she doesn't look the way that the men I sent to pick out a lady for me look, you know, thought she looked. Like, oh, okay. Oh, boy. Uh, there's also a little moment where when she says that she would really prefer that the bull and the portrait uh, not be in the dining room, he points out that after they finished all of their formal dinners and everything, she could just go back to eating in her rooms, which I guess is like her usual custom, which makes yeah. sense. Cause I don't think, you know, you're not gonna have a formal, you know, big meal every night. He's probably very busy. Well, I, and I get the impression that she refuses to eat under that portrait and that mm-hmm. bull's head when she doesn't have to. She, she says something like, Oh, you know, thank you, my Lord. And he says, well, don't, you know, don't get all formal. You know, he's trying to be, you know, don't get mad at me. Then he says, you should be glad I never married you. Because then you'd have to eat in the dining room all the time. Like, oh, you know. <laughs> you know, you're two steps forward <laughs> and one big step back I was time. defending you yeah, the other episode. And now like, you do this to me. I know. Uh, and there's so much of that because it, it kind of comes up a lot where people are just like, 
you know, it's pretty lucky you guys never got married. And poor Jessica's just like, is it? Okay. Thanks. Thanks, guy. But apparently, I don't know, don't they keep uh, hammering it in that it was her insistence that they don't get married? Or I believe it was that he had to keep his options open. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he just never did. Uh, I think that that's sort of the big, mm-hmm. the big deal is just right. that. You know, because I think I think there is a point later where he thinks that he should have just done it, yeah, and he shouldn't have cared, um, right? Because he didn't want a political marriage. You know, he just wanted Jessica. But mm-hmm. to say that, like, you know, she's doing all this work. Not that he's not doing work, but she's doing all of this work. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, to come in and she then, you know, she shifts gears because she realizes this isn't worth like arguing about, really. And they're talking about, you know, some other things. And she kind of just, you know, sets aside what they're talking about to focus on moving, basically. Mm-hmm. And he does this sort of, you got to teach me how you do that. It must be some Bene Gesserit trick that you can just like switch, you know, Ugh. switch gears like that. And it's like, <laughs> <sighs> and she, she points out, you know, she says it's a female thing. It's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's called emotional labor. Yeah. And she's doing all of it, Lena. <laughs> right. I mean, as someone that's been married in, you know, in a long-term relationship and married for a long time, like, yeah, that's not a Bene Gesserit thing. That's just a thing you learn when you're <laughs> with someone for a really, long yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you definitely get the impression that, you know, he he obviously has to be working on a lot. On a lot of mm-hmm. different cylinders because there's so much political machination and all of that. But I imagine that he's, you know, it's also very focused where he probably doesn't have the capability to, I can't ever say this word, car compartmentalize. Compartmentalize. You did it. And yay. And, you know, Jessica does because she's been trained to do that and because she has to. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's. Like there's so much going on, and I know that it's my own bias, but I'm I just feel like maybe Jessica has more going on. Yeah, than, than Lido does really. Like I know you're you're setting well, all this I up. I feel like but... she also knows things that Lido doesn't know. Yeah, or has you know I know maybe not firm knowledge, but like has awareness of things that he is not necessarily. He might have some slight awareness of but isn't quite as tuned into it as she is Mm -hmm. just because of everything that happened with the reverend mother on back on cali yeah yeah and i also just think that we're never really given any idea until this point when she meets the shout out mapes who is the housekeeper for the house Mm -hmm. we never really get an idea of if jessica has any help you know we've met yeah all of the dukes in her circle and all of his people that help him and, you know, that he works with. Um, but, I mean, we would assume that in this kind of household, based on how it would be, you know, in our own history, that she probably would have, you know, ladies in waiting yeah. or something like that. But we don't see any of them. You know, we don't, she doesn't have, you know, one companion that she talks to or, you know, a particular person you know, there's not even just, you know, one woman that's always there dressing her hair or something. Uh, so you really get this idea that she's just kind of it. And that, yeah, that you know. Very isolated in this, like, sea of men, kind of. Yeah, and there's a reason that, you know, something like, you know, to use a, a you know, popular example, like something like Downton Abbey. It takes mm. a lot of people to run a house. Yeah. And we get this idea that there are lots of servants. You know, there's a point where he says, you know, oh, I'll send some more people to, like, take the boxes here or just tell tell them where you want these things to go and they can go. But they're all his people. You know, they're mm-hmm. all ostensibly men. You know, there's not, you know, that just it's so strange that in that kind of circumstance, it's like I imagine there have to be maids or something, but we hear nothing about them. Hence, you know, we're meeting our third female character. <laughs> Right. Um, I don't know. And it's just something that struck me where I realized, you know, we don't, you know, we always hear about how, you know, regal and, and everything that Jessica is. And then there's just a part of me. And I think, you know, based also that I think like I've said, I, 
you know, I read a lot of history. I read a lot of romance novels that are historical. There's a lot of people that come together to make someone look real. Yeah. Yeah. It does not happen. Like one person can't do that by themselves. Um, or they can. It just takes a really, really long time. Yeah. And that's just definitely not the impression that you get from Jessica. So, I mean, like who has all day to sit around making themselves presentable? So she's, she's got work to do. Yeah, she's doing everything. Yeah. Oh, and that's God. an interesting point, though. Like, I never actually thought of that. And I feel like <laughs> I feel like as as a woman and as a woman reading these books, that that is something I should have picked up on before that Jessica is a very isolated character, despite being surrounded by people. But like there none of them. And I suppose that's why, you know, there are certain characters that kind of waft in through this story mm -hmm. that she sort of I don't want to say latches on to but like there's definitely more of an affinity there than with others and it might just be because she spent so long being the only woman in this you know household well and even I this is in a later chapter coming up so I don't want to go too into it but there's a conversation mm -hmm. she has with another character in a, a later chapter where you really get the impression that she just has no one to talk to. Yeah. Like this conversation yeah. that they start to have is because it's probably the first conversation she's had in ages that wasn't with Paul or the Duke or just, mm -hmm. you know, telling someone something. And she really she's... has to mind what she says when she talks to yeah. any of those people. Especially yeah, in the case no of confidant. someone like Thufer, who doesn't particularly seem to care for her. Yeah. Um, and I don't know who talks to Duncan Idaho. He's not even there. <laughs> Who knows what he's yeah, doing? Yeah, guys, don't hang all your stars on Duncan. He's just, he's, he is not in this hardly at all. He's just, he's just living in your dreams. Right. <laughs> um, he's just, he's just that guy. Um, but even that, I don't imagine that when he's around that they really, you know, they're not hanging out. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately. Leto then says, well, guess what? You know, we have a housekeeper. And again, it's sort of a, guess what? You're going to have some help. Like, <laughs> it's going to be great here, baby. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, because she, you know, she, she wants to talk to him more. She wants to tell him more things, but she can't, you know, and again, she knows that there isn't really a lot that can be done. So she just has to switch things to things like, you know, she wants to tell him, you know, to be careful, but instead she just asks him, like, what do you, what he wants for dinner? Because, right. you know, she if nothing else, even if there weren't all of these other plots and all the things that she knows are going to happen, he's never going to stop. Uh, she curses at the painting. I assume it's a painting. Yeah, um, I mean, they say a portrait. Uh, I don't know if we're dealing with some, okay. with some Harry Potter shit or not. <laughs> God, they're all holograph, like, moving. <laughs> They're all moving around. <laughs> that uh, was, there's another movie that does that where I don't know if it's ever addressed why it would be this way, but instead of pictures, there's just sort of like three D holograms, and it's so mm. distracting because it's supposed to. I think I'm trying to. Oh, it's in um, Repo the Genetic Opera. Oh my god! There's just <laughs> Megan. <laughs> Uh, Megan, I love no. Repo the Genetic Opera. That is a deep pull. No, I'm just saying no because now that stupid Zydrate song is going to be in my head all night. <laughs> Megan, how dare you? Uh oh. But they have weird holographs in that instead yes. of like holograms instead of pictures. Right. Because it's the future. And they're all steampunk right, or whatever yes. that movie is. Everything's very damp. That's all I remember. <laughs> oh. Paris Hilton is there and everything is very damp. It is, yes. Um, look it up, people. Do you like musical theater? <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, if you're a big fan of Giles on Buffy, don't yeah. watch it. Oh, yes. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a fan of Anthony Stewart Head... Watch it. If you mm -hmm. just specifically like Giles, or I don't know, his Taster's Choice commercials, right? Don't watch it. I mean, it. that is a romance saga for the ages. <laughs> Let's not kid ourselves. 
<laughs> oh boy. Anyway, uh, Dune. Where were that we? doesn't happen in Dune. There's no. There's very little singing. I won't say there's no singing. We all know there is. But <laughs> thank you, Gurney. I wonder if they'll sing in the movie. It'll be like The Hobbit, where suddenly we have to hear all the songs. Um, as long as Richard Armitage is singing them, I don't have a problem with it. Have he you just heard shows up on his set. voice? That would be yeah. amazing. Well, well, yeah, because I don't know if we still Josh have a few. can sing. There's still a few open roles available. I don't know. He could be a house servant or something. He could also play Duke Leto. It'll be like that movie where, like, eight people play the same character when after Heath Ledger passed. Oh, God. <laughs> I I had almost forgotten about the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Thanks. I never forget anything. <laughs> this is my curse. I only remember stupid things. <laughs> I only remember Reaper the Genetic Opera and 90s Canadian vampire TV. <laughs> oh, that's a discussion for another time. <laughs> so the shout out Mapes is there. Um, yeah. She's She's a Fremen. Uh, she has the blue eyes. Yes. Um, which, she's very down to business. Yeah, she's she's pretty great. Uh, there is there was some specific. We get some specification. Like she keeps calling Jessica Nobleborn, mm. and Jessica has to point out that she is. She can call her my lady because she's not uh, a noble. That yeah. and she's not married to the Duke. Uh, the Shadow Mapes asks if there is a wife, and she's like, no, <laughs> never was. It's just me. Uh, I'm the mother of his heir. Which I enjoy all of that. She's just kind of like, that's just me. Mm -hmm. And I also like that she hesitates before she says companion, which I imagine is just, you know, the usual Jessica guardedness. But I think yeah. she, you know, she didn't want to say, like, lover. <laughs> right. Lover. Oh, that word just bums me out. <laughs> um, thankfully, they don't. I don't think anyone says lover in any of the two books i don't think that happens and we're all a glad new, for it that's a new watch that we'll be setting <laughs> for this every every week we'll be looking for the word lover i don't know that gonna anyone, highlight them all anyone is a lover um even in the later books when there's like sex Lots magic of it. Yeah. powers look forward to that friends um, <laughs> uh, we hear that, that we hear about water cellars. Uh, yeah. uh, that is cellar as in they sell water, not a water cellar as in a basement. Um, and there's and these are interesting bits of the world building because the shout out mm -hmm. Mapes points out that, you know, Jessica doesn't have to worry about water cellars because they have a giant cistern uh, for the whole for the for the, the home the that is always kept full. Yeah. Uh, she notes that she doesn't even have to wear her still suit in the house, mm -hmm. uh, which we haven't really learned about still suits yet, but I think it's this is our explanatory first or second, maybe second mention of it. I think they mention it. Um, maybe Yui or, or Gurney or someone mentions them yeah. early, earlier in the, one of the earlier chapters. Yeah. I think Fufer with his vaguely racist, yeah. all the Fremen smell bad because yeah. of the still suits. Mm, vague. Yeah. Not, not mm. that vague. Not that vague. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I like that Jessica is really unnerved by the fact that water is such a symbol of like wealth and power on Arrakis because it's such a different thing than what she's used to. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just this, this idea, uh, like something that actually, and again, I, I hate to keep skipping around, but cause I really like it later. There is reference to a room that the Shadow Mapes, I believe, refers to as being, like, cursed. In that, she's mm. just like, ugh, it's a cursed room. And it's basically, it's like a greenhouse. Yeah. But, like, for her and for her people, this idea that you would use water to just, like, make yourself a nice room with plants in it is just so, like, ugh. Yeah, I mean, I guess when it comes down to, like, you need it to survive and yeah. will die without it, which is true of everyone, but mm -hmm. that, you know, it's... I can see it like being seen as like this total waste or like, I mean, timely celebrities paying for, you know, like breaking the law to get their kids into Ivy League schools. <laughs> that, that just happened. Paul has to do all his own testing. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, Duke's son or not. Yeah. I find it interesting. Um, and again, this is just, I think, a sub 
thing of of just too many like issues of majesty magazine as a child <laughs> that he, like paul doesn't really have a title no no doesn't. one calls him you know i i'm trying to think like lord paul or anything i think he'd be a lord. no i don't think so yeah no one yeah they didn't and i'm was trying to think if anyone called him like a young lord or Maybe. anything like that Maybe. i feel like that's vaguely familiar yeah but yeah, it's just one of those things where you'd, you'd assume that, you know, someone would, it would be call like, that, a, but... I mean, it, it, and going by like the structure of like, because my familiarity, my basis of knowledge is around like titles and like, re, you know, Georgian Regency mm -hmm. sort of society and how like those are the son of an Earl would be like a Viscount, I think. So think like the, they would have their own titles. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Moving on. We know so much stuff, guys. We <laughs> yeah. know a lot. Um, and Jessica knows uh, that shout out is a word. It's a title. It's not yeah. A name. And that she knows all of these like these languages. Yeah. Um, and that's a big thing because, as as has been noted, the uh, the Betty Gesserit have seeded the Fremen stories and legends with talk of, you know, this person who is coming, like this Reverend mother who is coming and, you know, she will know all these languages and she'll know all these things. And Jessica, she'll know your ways. Yeah. Jessica is like realizing that she's just sort of feeding into it, but also can't help but feed into it because it's sort of, you know, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Um, and she'll do anything, you know, to protect and mm -hmm. yeah and and knows that these guys could be pretty powerful allies i do like that jessica has a moment where she's like why am i doing this <laughs> like i know i'm not this like amazing you know this mystical you know figure but i have to pretend that i am yeah and also she sort of is because i mean she knows all these things because that's like what the bene Gesserit do mm -hmm. I do like that she says, I know the dark things and the ways of the Great Mother, which is just very, like, That's Tori bitchy. Amos. That's like. really good. That's bitchin'. I'm she's into gonna, it. She's going to, like, embroider that. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's going to cross the She's listening that, to some Kate Bush. And yes. she is living. Uh, and then there's talk in another language that i will not attempt to to use right <laughs> because i don't know if it's real so i don't want to insult an existing language but i do love that <laughs> everything she says like the shout out my mapes is like holy shit this is her especially since when she specifically starts to say like well i know things like i know you've had children i know you've you've killed people mm -hmm. it's very much like when you know like psychics will just sort of be like someone someone has lost someone right you know who here it's like probably this person in this society has had children mm -hmm. uh she's probably you know killed someone or you know things like that done violence because that's she's what she fremen. knows about the fremen yeah yeah so it's really not specific at all she's not like i know that you killed this person i know that your children are named this and this and that mm -hmm. you know your one of your children died it's just this very like surface level Oh, here's some stuff I know from <laughs> this figure, but it works. You know, the shout out memes is just like, oh shit, you, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. I did not mean to insult you. Yeah. Uh... Can I just say, I find the whole like thing with the Missionara Protectiva to be fascinating. Yes. And I, I don't know, like I need to like research more about this, but I would love to know if there's like, more i don't know i mean herbert had so many freaking appendices and like yeah that's yeah, a book I, is there I is would, that a prequel i think i and that's what i want to know like is there a prequel about them um you know seeding these prophecies and not just yeah. on arrakis but like throughout i mean i would love to hear about like you know the little one-off planets that these bene Gesserits are going to and be like oh you want to be nice to me because Somewhere in the future, you're going to have a messiah and, you know, they're going to be one of my people. Mm -hmm. um, or even just the ones where, you know, there's probably just, be, oh, well, anyone who comes who knows this, you know, who is a Benny Jesuit, well, we can do this. And we are, I mean, you know, they are literally and... <laughs> missionaries, but, you know, for the Benny Jesuit. So 
I mean, I find that I mean, I, I have a lot of feelings about missionaries and missionary sort of activities through various religious organizations that I won't get into, but like I find it fascinating that the Benedictus has a whole like, you know, their own missionaries sort mm -hmm. of I guess I I could see it as the way of like the Catholic Church has the Jesuits. Uh, and and just the fact that that it ties so well into you know existing existing stories and existing mm -hmm. belief systems because obviously that line about you know I know the dark things in the way of the great mother seems like it's probably specifically something to do with like the Fremen mm -hmm. religious beliefs because we haven't heard anyone say anything like that otherwise um, because for all that there's you know religion there's not like religion right i mean people don't really worship anything they um, they have things that they use as like guideposts yeah things they like to quote a lot yes <laughs> there's not a lot of like actual like you don't see anyone like worshiping or praying or anything yeah like not unless you know we're just i mean not yet and when it does not happen yet, it's obviously. not fantastic let's just yeah. say that yeah, I've made my uh. feelings on this very clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we get to our first appearance of a very important piece of Fremen culture. Yes. The prison knife. Yes. Which is the specifically Fremen weapon that no one that like no one is supposed to see. Like people don't really see them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you see one, it's going to be the last thing you see. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Um, and Jessica, like, realizes that the Shut Up Meeps has one, and she basically says, like, well, you know, why'd you bring a weapon? And then that just leads more into the Shut Up being like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She knows I have a weapon. Here it is. And so, um. Jessica makes an amazing intuitive leap here. Yes, very much so that like what what it is like you know she calls it a maker because she just puts this all together in her mind that like this means this and that means that mm -hmm. and then that's the exact right thing to say because the shadow is just like well oh my god like this is i have made a big mistake like you know, coming in here and and speaking to this woman and she points out you know the shadow maybe says you know a prophecy like you wait with it you live with it and when it mm -hmm. starts to come true you don't know what to do yeah um and yeah i mean if you had this story of like you know this is the thing that's going to happen and then it all starts coming together like how would you keep it together in that circumstance yeah and then jessica thinks about everything you know all the stuff that has to happen all the things that have happened before you know the missionaria protectiva like what they've had to say and she realizes that it's it's her now like mm -hmm. All it's of this on has her. come down to this, this moment. And the, the Shout Out Mapes puts the Chris knife back in the sheath. But that is not the right thing to do. Mm -mm. Because she has put it back without blooding it. Yes, and that's a big, big no-no among the Fremen. Um, also, the just cool fact about Chris knives is that you have to have them near you. Because they have to be near, like, like flesh, basically. Mm -hmm. Or it starts to uh, disintegrate. Uh, and you find out here that they are made of one of the teeth of Shai Halud, which I don't think we really have a specific... They haven't told us yet what that is, although, I mean, we know. Mm -hmm. um, and so once Jessica points out that the knife has been sheathed unblooded, Mapes, again, kind of freaks out. There's a lot of freaking <laughs> out in this chapter. Uh, drops it. And rips her dress open. And it's just like, well then, <laughs> take the water of my life. Yeah. And Jessica's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> what have I gotten into? <laughs> what am I going to do with this? Uh, and she just kind of scratches her enough to draw a little blood. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, sheaths it. And that's when the Shadow Mapes realizes that, like, Jessica is the one. Yeah. Um. And she, she had one thing. And also a point that I really like is that, you know, 
they start to hear more people coming in and the shadow babes tells her that she has to put the knife away and that anyone who sees it has to be cleansed or slain and she mm-hmm. says like you know that and jessica's like well i know it now <laughs> <laughs> like these benny jesuit tricks yeah and that is all i mean that is one of my favorite things in in real life when you just like if you're not sure about something when you get someone to confirm it yeah even if it's just something (laughs) small like oh you know this this chicken's really good like oh yeah it's from Popeye's like ha 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 (laughs) (laughs) I knew that now (laughs) I have never done that ever I know everything and I did not have to ask any kind of leading question right I'm always informed (laughs) I do enjoy that like a lot of times with and and that's something i mean i do think that that's something interesting that kind of plays into what we've discussed before about the idea of like you know the white savior complex mm-hmm. that with the fremen and part of this is because like it's been so seated in their belief system you know jessica can do a lot of these these you know tricks and they yeah. work whereas i feel like a lot of times with her her peers they still work but they realize that it's worked like after they say something they're kind of like ah you know, like she asked me that on purpose. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that, you know, that is an interesting, it's like sort of classist. Yeah. You know, this idea that like, oh, the Fremen are all just kind of like, they'll just believe anything. But again, that's because this has been so put into the things that they do actually believe. Um, and I think later, once we meet more Fremen, there's there's a little less of that. I think the shout out is maybe just particularly superstitious yeah um because she also then later after they've done all of this stuff this like deep like meaningful important stuff then the shout out mapes is just like all right so what are we doing (laughs) what do you need me to do with all these boxes and stuff yeah yeah i mean they have this like big sort of like coming together with all this oh like oh ancient prophecy oh you're the one oh take my life oh you just got me cool okay so where do you want these boxes yeah. <laughs> it is such a like it's such tonal whiplash and i know that it's because like people are around and they're yeah. both like playing it but it's just still also i think just this level of well that's all taken care of uh, yeah i've got a job to do <laughs> yeah um that's when we find out that there's blood on the horns yeah uh that gross <laughs> bull's head <laughs> and i liked i like a little of this now where like jessica's like well it's just blood and the shadow babes is like uh yeah i know about blood <laughs> like um i'm of the desert <laughs> like right. my people big into blood uh but she notes you know like you know, you barely scratched me. And Jessica says, well, you know, did you want me to do more? She's like, well, no, because you can't just, like, throw blood in the air. Like, it's a waste. You did the right thing. Um, And again, that, again, just makes Jessica think, like, oh, my God, the water. Like, this is such a thing. Like, we were just on Caladan that yeah. had oceans and all these things. And here, like, water is, is like, everything. Yeah, it's the um, real power there. Yeah, which is interesting because there's so much made mm-hmm. of the spice, which is a, yeah. is a secondary thing. You know, like the Fremen don't concern themselves with how much that's worth because, like, it's just part of everything. Like, they know where right. it comes from. They know how to get it. Um, and it's, you know, part of everything that they do, like all their food and everything. And, but it's it's water. Yeah. And no one... No one has ever, like, everything that you think about, like, whenever anyone brings up the idea of, you know, doing anything to the environment of Arrakis, uh, we're always told that it's it's just prohibitively difficult, prohibitively expensive. Yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> Interesting leading, what that's leading into. Uh, for the end of the, the Lynch movie. <laughs> right. Ah! Um, so... They, they hang up they're gonna hang up these these terrible art things and then the the shadow mapes talks to the bull's head which i love <laughs> she's just like you killed a duke look at you <laughs> just, just like okay good great looks like he was kind of a mean <laughs> son of a bitch he's yeah. in a big cape he's in yeah. a magenta cape apparently 
Fabulous. Um, maybe they could just, for that shot in the movie, it'll just be a picture of Pedro Pascal. <laughs> oh my like, God, I would love it Dressed as Oberyn so Martell. I would love <laughs> it so case. much. <laughs> Oscar Isaac can get that done. Yeah, they're, they're, they're buds. buds. Yeah. They're so uh, cute. And then Jessica's just like, yeah, once those are hung up, we're going to unpack these boxes. There's someone with a list and the keys. Um, yeah. I got to go. I have a feeling. I got to go see Paul. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I specifically like in this chapter is that after she's leaving, the shout out Mapes looks at her and is just like, yeah, she's the one. Poor thing. Yeah, she's like, oh, well, she's <laughs> fucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, like, this whole, like, everything up to this has been, oh, my God, you're the one. Like, this is this incredible. It, yeah. You know, we, we don't specifically know what that means She quite seemed yet. very fangirl up yeah, until that point. Yeah, now it's just like, oh, yeah, that's her. Yikes. Yeah. Too bad. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, it's pretty much where we leave chapter seven. Mm-hmm. With, like, I... I wish that there was more, like, shout out Mapes forever. Oh, totally. I think she's a fascinating character. And I gotta say, like, a lot of that is informed by Linda Hunt playing her in the movie. Oh, yeah. No, she's <laughs> I mean, great. so good. But I, I do, like, really enjoy this character. And um, I like, I like the mystery of her. I like that she is both, like, super skeptical and all this at the same time like super willing to embrace jessica as you know this sort of proto messianic figure to, in their culture so mm -hmm. yeah i mean there's something like it's an interesting mix of like this like very hard sensibility and a naivete that i really like about her so and also there's just not that many women in D. Yeah. <laughs> There's not. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> if you are hoping for a lot of female friendships, this is not oh, the series no. for you. <laughs> yeah, later we're going to get a couple more prominent yeah. female characters. But really, especially in this book, they don't mm -hmm. do a whole lot. Mm -hmm. um, uh, by the next ones, we get a few more. But then yeah. again, they're not... Central. What? They're not central. Although I think I was going to say that they aren't necessarily like heroic, which again, there isn't really that in Dune. Yeah. But, I mean, um, my female characters don't like, no. have to be heroic. They just have yeah, to be Yeah. And there. then I was like, well, you know, Megan, they don't have to be. And what we end up getting, I think, makes it a little more interesting. Yeah. Um, including one of my favorite characters in all of literature. <laughs> Um, just put keep button that up keep that under yes, your yes. hat until we get there <laughs> I I don't know I mean this is one of the things that just you know putting this out there is that I've always loved about the about heretics and chapter house is that they are so female centric That's and true. yeah I mean there's so many so many more female characters and they're so much more important to the story in those books that I don't know I is one of the reasons that I do enjoy them and will defend them. <laughs> I just, I have not read those as much, you know? Yeah. I can. I've only read them once, but yeah, I really like them. Same. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the, all of, all of my memes, you know, kind of <laughs> end, you know. <laughs> with, with leader too. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. then I'm like, eh, there was that other part that I, I know I read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know and i looked at you know i'm looking at wikipedia and i'm like okay yes i've, I've read that i remember that right like, i knew this and that but you know if someone presented me with a meme about it i'd probably be like is this, is this about dude right <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> i'm supposed to know this this isn't a sad worm boy <laughs> that's all i need <laughs> i need like tiny children talking mm -hmm. like adults mm -hmm. with knives right and i need sad worm boys in the these world these are important the, things the universe's greatest family <laughs> oh man uh, yeah that's i think that's one of the issues with with dune just in general is that i think people tend to think of it as being very i mean i you know haha -ha, but very dry 
Mm-hmm. But then once they start getting any more details, I think they're just like, wait, this is really weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, that's the thing. At the end of the day, Dune it's, is weird. It's just fucking weird, okay? Like, I like, I have, there's issues, but like I like A Song of Ice and Fire. But there's not a ton in it that's weird. No. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's fantasy. Yeah. A lot of it is just like, yes, you know, I know, like, this is happening, this is I happening, mean, it's that's great, but... barely fantasy, I'd say. It's got <laughs> some magical creatures, but, I mean, it's really barely... I would barely put that as fantasy. But it's not weird. And no, it's thing, not. Is that Dune is deeply... Deeply weird. Deeply weird? <laughs> yes. There must, be, must have had to been a reason for us to be so drawn to it. You yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not even, you know, that's not even like the reason for our our title at all. Like it's no. just that's in that's like just separate. Although I did realize the other day, and I know like there's no way that you know these these things like don't you can't just use music that you find in the world mm-hmm. and like take it. No, but there's a sad part of me that is like we couldn't use Desert Rose by Sting. Oh my god, wouldn't that be so perfect? <laughs> I was listening to it the other day, and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Sting, if you're listening, and I know you're a big, big fan. I know. Would you just come on. Talk to your guys. Let us use the, you know, give us the rights to that just for this show. You made I all that promise... money from Jaguar when it came yeah. out. Like, we all saw the commercials. There's a, I watched the video. There's You're in a Jaguar in the video. It's yeah. the most blatant product placement <laughs> I've ever seen. We know you like Dune. Mm-hmm. You were I don't know if you it. like it as much as Kyle McLaughlin does because right. you're not on on Twitter. Right. Uh, what is the pity? What would Sting tweet about? I think he like there might be like a Sting Twitter, but it's mostly just like here's where appearances he's going. and yeah. stuff. Yeah, probably not, about like being vegan or whatever. I don't know. He's not providing me with like fun Instagram story content. Like Kyle no, McLaughlin. and that's that is one thing I will. Kyle McLaughlin always has a leg up. He's so funny. <laughs> He's Kyle, his social media game is on point. <laughs> oh, Kyle, come on! Can I call you Kyle? Kyle, Mr. McLaughlin, our friend Kyle. <laughs> I'm sure you won't mind. <laughs> I've even seen the Flintstones, Kyle. Oh, Megan. <laughs> Granted, it was, you, you know... have a kid, though, so I'll allow it. Oh, it had nothing to do with my child. Shh. It had everything to do with mocking it up on the internet. <laughs> but um, uh, another podcast that I listened to did an episode on it. So oh, yes, it. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um... I've watched so many <laughs> terrible movies because of that show. Yes. Um. So with that, I suppose we should wrap up for the week. I I. I, <laughs> I... <laughs> we can wrap up chapter seven i do want to read some some of our tweets that we've gotten yes um so last week i or a few four days ago that's last week so last week i put out a tweet uh pitch us your best duncan idaho crossover fanfic and this was (laughs) thanks to our discussion of of crossover fanfic which led me down some real rabbit holes had not like mentioned the one that was the most like what which was the it was a dune aliens crossover Ooh, that would work it would work except that i think and i mean this is again i want to say that i am in no means like calling out the author of this fanfic i just Mm -hmm. it was one of these things where i was like what i'm pretty sure that the entire plot of this was duncan idaho having sex with hicks um, oh yeah i'd buy that <laughs> and i'm just sort of like well okay <laughs> like, so that we're not going to get any like aliens in the desert or i don't know if they actually ever encountered any xenomorphs i think they were just discovering what? each other i mean that's great but were. at the yeah, same hey. time like come on we can... <laughs> give me something <laughs> yeah, there's really cool things happening in both of these universes we can... <laughs> give me a xenomorph going up against a freaking sandworm oh sorry my yes. money's on the worm yeah okay no, definitely all right so uh one of our first uh hits back was from uh charlie who this is their pitch the Atreides swordmaster helps the rebellious son of a small town mayor find his estranged mother in Italy. 
my own private Duncan, Idaho. <laughs> Bonus points for title punnage. Good, good job. Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then another one we got from Mr. Solid Snake 1982. Dude, where's my Gola? <laughs> a fun comedy romp. I mean, not much there by way of plot, but that would be a fun comedy romp. And I feel like that is really a part of the later books. <laughs> Dude, where's yeah. my Gola? I feel like that just happened. Yeah. <laughs> There's at least one specific character who is saying that frequently. Yes. Thousands of years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd like to imagine that's how they're called for. Right. <laughs> Look, looking around. Hey, dude, where's my Gola? <laughs> I really wish dude was a part of the dune nomenclature. That would yeah. make me really happy. They say sass. I still just can't get over the gurney. This is like a lot of sass. Like sass. Yeah. The language, the English <laughs> language has preceded us and yes. gone forward. Sass. <laughs> I want so, someone to say they're salty. Yes. Oh, yeah, that would be perfect, <laughs> especially for this, because you know they're salty. They're especially all salty. I'll hold up in those still suits all day. <laughs> So with that, um, we would love to hear from you and your experiences reading Dune. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter at WeirdingPod, or you can email us your Dune stories at WeirdingPodcast at gmail.com. Have you read a weird Dune fanfic? Have you, I don't know, got an interesting story about it? Let us know. We'd love to hear it. We'll read it on the air unless you specify otherwise. <laughs> And uh, don't forget to show us your book covers and your fan art with the hashtag SendDunes. We love seeing them. Yes, 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 yes. Please yes. do. But yeah, if you have if you have like an interesting story about, I don't know, like you watch the movie at like three in the morning and mm -hmm. have never recovered. <laughs> I hate or, or if you watch the miniseries. I yes. Feel like that, you know, if you're one Actually, of those. I don't want to get too into it because... We'll, we'll, you'll hear more about it on our next episode, but uh, we have a guest coming up that apparently has a lot of thoughts on the miniseries oh. that he's very much looking forward to sharing. So <laughs> I was like, oh, hun, this is the right place. Yeah, no, please. <laughs> yeah. Come, come and share. <laughs> he was like, I, hey, I don't know if you've heard of the, that the sci-fi did a miniseries. I was like, oh, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> we are all over that shit. <laughs> Have it downstairs. Right. <laughs> so I think that should do it for the week, don't you, Megan? This has been Let's Get Weirded. And I'm Megan Sunday. And I'm Bo North. And we will see you next time. <laughs>